You can't get an animal unless you find them first. One of my favorite ways to do that is using glass. I like to get up high and I like to look a long way. So today we're going to talk about glassing techniques. This is the Beyond Hunter Ed podcast, where the focus is on all the questions you wish were answered in the classroom and quite a few more. So whether you're an accomplished lifer or a complete newbie, and you're looking to discuss all topics hunting in an entertaining and unfiltered way, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Eric Jaitner. Well, welcome to November, everybody. Hope you had a great Halloween. I know I did. It was a lot of fun. But with November comes the start of rifle season. So here we go. We're diving headlong into it. Archery season didn't go as I had planned. That's okay. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. I still had a great time. But now we're going to get into the rifle portion of the season. And my first hunt is going to be here in Southern California, in San Diego County. It's the D-16 rifle hunt. So it's buck only, fork or better. And we're not actually going into a great unit. Um, a great unit in the sense of I really enjoy hunting it. It's where I live. There's a lot of challenge in it. It's open terrain, so you can really get out there and use your glass. But not a great hunt in the fact that Deer density is only about seven deer per square mile. So that's pretty low, if you didn't know. That, that's not many deer. Uh, hunter success usually hovers somewhere between seven and 10%. And that's for the archery and the rifle portion of the season. And then uh, our buck to doe ratio isn't very good. So considering we're just going after bucks here, we don't have a good buck to doe ratio. We don't have a lot of animals running around. It makes for a pretty challenging hunt. Additionally, it's, you know, I mean, it's San Diego County. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who live here. So getting away from the crowds isn't always the easiest, but I do think that is one of the secrets to being successful here. So I will be moving out the area I have picked out that I'm going to hunt that I scouted last summer is probably about two and a half miles from the nearest trail and even further from the road. So that should cut down on some competition. So that's part one. But part two is what we're really here to talk about. And that's the game plan I have going in here. So what are the big things you got to think of when you're glassing? Well, number one, first and foremost, anytime you're hunting any deer type animal, is going to be the wind. Always consider the wind. Yeah, when you're glassing, you're setting up, you're looking over a long stretch. I mean, I'll be glassing areas where I might be a mile and a half, maybe even two miles out. It's open country here. That doesn't mean I'm going to have a good shot at them there, but I'm going to be able to see a long way. So that's one thing I am thinking is going to be working in my favor. There might be seven deer per square mile, but if I can see two miles in every direction, there should be plenty of deer that are within eye shot for me. And once I find one, then I can start working on a plan to go get in on them. So the first big thing is always to find a nice vantage point. And one of the ways I like to do that is using Google Earth. So 
once you pick out the area you want to hunt because you found good sign or you talk to the biologist or a combination of both, as in this case, then you use Google Earth. And what I do is I move around and I try to find on a topo map a high point. And then with Google Earth, you can do where you enter the ground level view and you can kind of scan the area and make sure you're going to see as much as you think. And so that's a good way to really button down some of these glassing points, these vantage points you're going to be using before you even get out in the field. Another good tool, if you have access to the Go Hunt, uh, the Go Hunt 3D maps, they put a line out there and it'll, it'll show you about how far you can see and it'll gray out if you're going to hit terrain in between you and where you're looking. So when I looked at some of these vantage points I have, I'm, I'm seriously looking about a mile and a half across a big open valley that has water. And in Southern California, water is sometimes hard to come by. So I've got food, I've got water, I've got cover. I've got pretty much everything the deer are going to need, and I'm two and a half miles from a road. It doesn't get much better. So now we just got to hope they're actually in there. That's the only downside to a place like Southern California even though you have all these things put together with such a low population, they do sometimes move around from area to area. So if it doesn't go well there, I'm going to have to move and adjust on the fly. But I'll know more after the first day. So other than finding a good vantage point, the next big thing that I think everybody needs to understand with glassing is, especially if you're stretching out to long distance using big glass, remember you're not looking specifically for a deer. You're looking for movement. I mean, if you see the deer, great. But a lot of times what you're going to see is you're going to see the ear flick. You're going to see the leg twitch in a bush, something like that. You're going to see something small, and that's going to key you in. And you're going to zone in on that specific spot, and then you're going to figure out, oh, look, there's a deer there. Well, if you're looking for movement, and you're holding your binoculars steady, or by hand, they're not going to be steady. Everything's going to be moving. The whole, the whole frame is going to be moving. So finding that movement is going to be extremely difficult. So that leaves me my next tip. Get a tripod. Always glass off a tripod. I don't care if you're using 7s, 15s, or a spotting scope. Glass off a tripod. Holding it still and holding it in the same spot for 10 seconds at a time and waiting for the animal to move is going to make it a lot easier. Because then you're going to see that movement, and that's what's going to key your eye in. So we talked about hold steady. Well, okay, that leads me to my next tip. Be methodical. When you get there, don't just pick up your glass, slap them on a tripod, and say, yep, I'm looking. You could find deer. And in many areas where there's lots of deer, you'll see them. It, I mean, it works. But what I like to do is I like to be very methodical with where I'm looking. So I'll go as far as pull my cell phone out and take a panoramic picture of the area, the terrain, or the habitat that I really want to be glassing. And then I'll go and I'll mess it up, and I'll put little marks on it. I'll actually mark up the picture and put a grid on it. And I'm going to grid, and I'm going to search each grid as I go and then put a cross through it and then you can go back and do the same thing so 
let's say you're looking at this big open meadow and there's going to be edge around it. Well, the edge is the spot where you're going to be most likely to see the animal. Not in the center in the opening. And it's going to be real hard to see into the thick on the edges, on the far out ends, because it's so far away. There's a lot of brush there. That's their security. They're going to be bedded on the edge there. So what I like to do is I like to look at those grids and go, okay, most likely grid. I'm going to start doing that one. And when I start with that grid, because now I can see it from my phone and I have the image in front of me, and I'm going to start in the top left and I'm going to do 10 seconds, then I'm going to move my binocular to the right and I'm going to move it till I'm about 75% is new. So 25% is overlap. And I'm going to hold for another 10 seconds. Then I'm going to shift over to the right again. I'm going to have my binocular locked in at the elevation. And that way, as I move across and I grid this out, I'm doing 10 seconds with 25% overlap. And I'm going to go all the way across. And when I hit the edge of that grid line, then I'm going to go down and have another 25% overlap. And I'm going to move back to the left. And then down again. And then back to the right. Until you cover that entire grid area. Once I've covered that entire grid area with the overlap, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go, okay, grid area number two. What's my next grid area? And I'm going to go there. I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm going to keep going with that until I have systematically scanned the entire area, the entire habitat I think is supposed to hold animals. Let's go ahead and back up. I just realized that I'm talking about my in-depth glassing here, and I haven't even talked about right when we get there. Since we know everything's going to be right around the edge, one of the big things I like to do first and foremost is maybe you were quiet coming in. Make sure you get your glass out and scan everything, you know, within, I'd say within 200 yards, especially in this case where I'm rifle hunting. I want to scan within 200 yards, something that could be bedded right close to me. See if I find an antler tine sticking up or something that's going to be like, oh, they're right there. I don't have to, you know, look out so far. So I'm going to do my close in first to make sure that the area I'm glassing from is clear. I don't have something sitting right underneath me that I have to worry about spooking out. Then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do a quick scan of the areas I expect to see them. So in our example of a big open field with a lot of edge, and a lot of feeding or a big open valley with a lot of edge and a lot of feeding around it or in it. I'm going to look at that edge. That edge is where I expect to see them moving. So I'm going to scan that pretty quickly, but take five, 10 minutes and get a good look at that edge. So your close up should take you again, you know, about five minutes. Your far, your, your quick look for the most likely areas. That's another five, 10 minutes. So, 10 to 15 minutes, once you get there, you're really scanning and making sure, okay, is there anything obvious that's just staring me in the face? Then I get into my in-depth grid glassing method. And once I go through the whole grid method, and I get everything covered, then I'm going to go back and I'm going to start over and do it again. And I might do that, especially with mule deer hunting, especially here in Southern California, 
I may do that all day. Just going back over the areas, checking everything in close, getting a real good look, and just keep going over it and over it until something moves. Because I've seen them move at one in the afternoon, and I've seen them move, you know, when they're supposed to at dawn and dusk. But you never know. They're kind of unpredictable. They might get up, just do a quick, you know, afternoon snack or go relieve themselves and kind of give themselves away and then go right back to bed. Now, once I do see one, then I want to watch where they go, see where they bed, at least have a good idea of where they go into the thick. Once they go into the thick, try to look, if you can't see them because they disappear into the thick, one thing I always like to do is I like to look around the thick that they went into and really ask yourself if they tried to walk out of that and go further, would I have seen them? And you got to be honest with yourself. Sometimes the answer is no, it's just too thick. But a lot of times the answer is yes. And the reality is they walked into that really thick stuff and they bedded down right there. So even though you may not know exactly where they are, you know where they are within 10 feet. And for a rifle hunt, sometimes that's all you need. Now you're in a good, you're, now you're in good shape. You can start moving in and making a plan to go after these things. So that leads me to my last tip, which I kind of hit on already, and that is be persistent. Like I said, I, I will glass this thing sometimes all day looking for the right animal. And you just got to be persistent. They're animals. We say they're going to move at dawn and dusk. And for the most part, that's true. But that doesn't mean that's the only time they move during the course of the day. And you just need to be in the right place at the right time. So be persistent. So that's the basics of glassing. Some of the things I like to bring with me are, well, one, you're going to be sitting for a long time. So bring yourself something to sit on. I like those old Thermarest egg carton uh, sleeping pads. I actually bring a full-size one. Some guys cut them down for the weight that you save. I really do like the full size so I can actually bring it up the back of a tree if I have a tree I'm leaning up against or I can fold it over three, four times and have, you know, like a three times thick butt pad just keeps you, you know, a little more comfortable. It's a lot easier to sit for a long period of time to glass. And going onto that is really think about where you're setting up to glass. So, if you can just sit on, say you're going to just sit on a rock or you can sit on a rock where your legs overhang to a next rock, sort of like a chair would be, and you put your butt pad there and you get your tripod set up so you're kind of sitting in a real comfortable position. Remember, the game plan is to be there for a long period of time. Well, the game plan is to see something quickly and move on it. But if that doesn't happen, which is you know, more often than not, you're probably going to be there for a long period of time measuring in hours, you know. So comfort goes a long way here. If you can keep yourself comfortable and in a reasonable spot to sit and watch, you're going to do a lot better glassing for a long period of time. And the longer you're able to be persistent and go after these animals, the more likely you're going to find what you're looking for. Another way to do this is 
after I've cleared the area real close to me, what I'll do is I'll turn a podcast sometimes on if I'm really getting just zoned out. I'm not, I'm not able to really focus real well. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll take just one earbud, stick it in, turn a podcast on to low volume and listen to an audio book, listen to a podcast, listen to some music while I sit up there in a glass. I've already cleared the area. I only put one, one earbud in because in case something does decide to walk through, you never know. You might hear the brush shift and there might be a deer coming in on you. You could get lucky. But that's some way to, or one way to kind of make the time pass a little more enjoyably. And then I'm going to go back to it and I'm going to harp on it again. Remember the wind. It's amazing how well these animals can smell. And especially the further you get away from civilization, they seem to get a lot less tolerant of human scent. So if you're close to a road or in a farm area and you're glassing from like the barn, you really don't have to worry about your scent all that much because they're used to human scent from that barn. But if you're two and a half miles from the nearest trail, which a lot of the time out west, you can get to those places, they're not used to human scent here. Most people don't go there. The only people who end up there, generally speaking, are hunters. So if they catch just a little whiff, that's going to be enough to put them on edge, keep them bedded, or just blow them out altogether. So remember the wind. Wind is important. They can smell you a long way away. I have seen some deer bust at well over a mile. I didn't think that was possible until I've seen it happen. So. That's all I can say about that one is just remember the wind. The wind is, it has to be in your favor. Don't have the wind blowing towards the habitat you're expecting them to be in. If that's the case, you got to move. It's not worth the risk. Okay, so we talked about how to glass. We talked about making sure we play the wind properly. And I told you that this time I'm going to be looking sometimes out to a mile and a half. So what glass should I bring with? For this hunt, I'm actually going to leave the spotter at home. Well, I'm not going to leave it at home. I'm going to leave it in the trailer. It's going to be with me. If on day one, I'm noticing I'm seeing a lot of uh, spike bucks that may or may not be forked, and I'm feeling the pressure because I'm not seeing anything bigger, then I will probably bring the spotter out with me the following day. On the other hand, that's only because there's antler point restrictions here for this unit. It has to be a fork or better. So if I'm seeing a lot of spikes and I can't tell if they're forked or not, that's when I'll think about bringing out the spotter. But if they're obvious forks or bigger yet, you know, three buys, four buys, you're going to be able to see that through, you know, your binos. So I'm going to run my normal setup that I like to do which is a 7X chest harness.